0: Well, hopefully you all had a good Thanksgiving. Was it good? Yeah? It was certainly for me as well. My wife and I had uh, her mom and dad and grandmother down for Thanksgiving. It was kind of a bittersweet thing for us. We really enjoyed uh, our time together, but we also knew that it was going to be our last Thanksgiving together with them because they're moving to North Carolina in a few days, and we'll be saying goodbye to them pretty soon. And so they'll be doing Thanksgivings probably out there. But it was a really good day, and it was a really... uh, time when we probably ate a little bit too much, more than we should have. and th- yeah, That's one of the aspects of this holidays for Americans. It's, it, it's sad but true. Uh, Thanksgiving, is, I think, is the biggest single eating day of the entire year, isn't it? I've heard it's like the average American consumes, what, 4,500 calories at a Thanksgiving meal? Thanksgiving is, Thanksgiving is that one holiday where people measure how good it was based on how big it was, based on how much you were able to eat, Right? And, you know, after the holidays, no one seems to be happy about that anymore. You know, the holidays are gone, and now we're trying to figure out how to get rid of all the pounds that we took on during the holidays when we ate so much. We find, after the holidays are over, that bigger isn't always better. And when you think about it, that's true in just about every area of our lives, isn't it? We think bigger is better, only to realize later that it isn't. For example, you could be all excited about Black Friday and the huge sales that were taking place last Friday and jump out to be a part of those only to get there and realize there are crowds everywhere and everything's all picked over and what isn't picked over is not really on sale, it costs a fortune, Right? Or you can, go, you can be one of these people who's like, I really want to go to this big, huge buffet and kind of pig out. You know? And You go to the big, huge buffet and you're looking forward to having all this stuff to eat only to get there and realize that everything's been kind of warmed over for a long period of time because they're trying to keep so much food out there and nothing really tastes good, right? And you know, Trump, everything he's promised to do when he becomes president is going to be huge, right? Jury's still out on whether or not huge is going to be what we want. Because bigger isn't always better. Maybe with Trump it will be. We'll see. Usually, it isn't that bigger is better. But better is based on how much someone or something actually gives away. Think about this. Take your health, for example. Your health can be measured by how well it gives, your body gives away. The, the better your lungs are at giving oxygen to your blood, the healthier and the better off you are. The better your pancreas is at giving insulin to your body, the healthier and the better off you are. When your body stops giving, it's not healthier or better off, it's dead. Right? A fruit tree's value is based on how much fruit it produces, how much fruit it gives away. It's not based, its value isn't seen based on how big it gets. It could be a hundred feet tall and dead and worthless, right? Friendships. Friendships aren't valued based on how many we have whether we have 10 or 100 friends, but instead based on how much friendship, how much time, how much kindness, how much empathy is given away in them. And churches, churches aren't valued based on how big they get, but how they pour into the lives of those who come and how well we do at giving Christ's love to our community and to our world. For us, this past weekend, we had this. We canceled church services last weekend and we had what we call G-City Weekend or Generosity Weekend. When we go out of here, instead of uh, doing church, we were the church. We, we were practicing being the church in our community and serving in organizations and serving and helping people all over town. Uh, I want to just, uh, you know, when I think about G-City Weekend every year, I think that's kind of like a barometer for us on how healthy we are as a body by how much we are able to give away. Christ's love to our community and to our world. I want to thank so many of you who were part of it this past weekend. And for those of you who were only part of one or two of these projects, take a look at this recap and see some of the many things this community was able to do. I'm Thank you, Grace Community, for all that you did to make an impact in our community this last weekend. Through this series that we've been going through here in the last few weeks called Real Big Community, we've been looking at Acts 15 and we've been seeing the importance of a few key values to have as a church. Values like us being focused as a church around our mission. Values like being unified as a body through whatever challenges that we may face, and being able to remove stumbling blocks that might trip us up along the way. And lastly, what we're going to see today is that, we, that one of the values that we hold to is that we all play a part in t- together in using and giving away whatever talents and resources that God has given us. Bigger isn't always better, because the health and the value of something is determined, not based on how big it is, but on how well it gives away. Our real value in life, guys, when it's all said and done, it won't be based on how much we have. It'll be based on how much we've given away. And grace, grace won't be remembered. Grace won't be valued based on how big it gets. But instead, by how well we all play a part in giving ourselves away. How well we give our time, our our talents, our treasures in Christ's name. Amen? Amen. Well, turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 15 as we kind of close out our time there this morning. Today we're going to not only see that the early church's value in part came from giving grace to those who needed it, regardless of the the backgrounds of the people that they encountered, but we're going to also see today how they gave leadership and responsibility away to others in the church so people could use their gifts to their God-given potential. And as you're turning there, let me just kind of recap this whole chapter that we've been walking through in Acts 15, it started as a big argument that was happening in this town called Antioch. It's some Christians in that town were arguing about whether or not men should be circumcised or not in order to be a Christian. I won't get into why that was such a big deal. You can go back and listen to some of the prior messages in this series at org and catch up on that. But Basically, to share with you how it all ended out, they came together and understood clearly that we are all saved by grace through faith. It's not grace plus anything else. And now, as we get to the end of this story, what we see is that this group of leaders that have gathered, they need to figure out how they communicate this decision that they've made to the rest of the church so that they can understand that it's only by grace that you're saved. So let's look at verse 22 here. It says... Then the apostles and elders, together with the whole church in Jerusalem, chose delegates. And they sent them to Antioch of Syria with Paul and Barnabas to report on this decision. The men chosen were two of the church leaders, Judas, also called Barsabbas, and Silas. And this is the letter that they took with them. It says, This letter is from the apostles and elders, your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. Greetings. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but we did not send them. So we decided, having come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives, along with your beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are sending Judas and Silas to confirm what we have decided concerning your question. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these requirements. And then those are listed. So that that meeting, at that meeting when they were gathered, they knew that someone needed to go and tell these people from Antioch what was decided because this whole argument had started there. And they talked about who might go and I'm sure one of the first people they looked to was Paul and Barnabas because they knew Paul and Barnabas was getting ready to go back to Antioch and and share more there. and So maybe Paul and Barnabas could do it but then they thought, well... Everyone kind of knows what Paul and Barnabas' stance was on this whole thing. There's probably no point in asking them to do it because they're going to know that they're all for this anyway. Is there someone else that we can ask? Maybe at that point they looked at Peter and James because they were leaders in the church. Everyone looked to them to, for for wisdom and for counsel in the decisions that were made. Surely if 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 one of them went to Antioch, you know, they could deliver this message. But I mean, these were apostles. These were leaders in the church at that time, and they had so many other responsibilities. Did it have to rest on their shoulders also? And so in that moment, they decided, why don't we send someone else from our body with those gifts to, to, to communicate this, these decisions? And so they chose, it says in verse 22, Silas and a guy named Judas, uh, Judas Barsabbas, to go with Paul and Barnabas and to share this message. And what I think is interesting about this is if you, fl- if you skip down to verse 32, what you see is that these two men that they selected, they had gifts as prophets with communicating truth to large numbers of people. So here the church does what healthy churches do. They identify needs, they share them with those in the church, and they encourage and release people with those gifts to serve. If pastors and churches tried to do everything, it wouldn't be good for the church. And the church wouldn't grow. Because they wouldn't be encouraging and releasing people to all play their part and to use the gifts that God has given them into their body, into their congregation. The early church learned this in Acts chapter 6. If you, I won't take the time to read that, but if you flip back to Acts 6, what you see is this story about the widows being cared for. And in the very beginnings of the church, the apostles, the church leaders, they were responsible for making sure all the widows were taken care of. But as the church rapidly started to grow, these church leaders, they kind of lost control of it. They, couldn't, they didn't have enough bandwidth to cover all the needs that were there. And people were getting frustrated because these widows weren't being cared for. And in that moment, these leaders realized we can't hold on to everything. We have to release other people in our body to do the work with us or else this whole thing isn't going to work. And so they did that. It's why we at Grace, many months ago, we created something called Serving Made Simple. That's what we call it here at Grace, Serving Made Simple. You can find that about it at serve. It's a place on our website where we list... All kinds of opportunities where people can just jump in, whether you've been here for years or you've just been attending for a couple of weeks. And you want to find a place to give back. If you want to find a place to serve, that you can go there and you can find lots of opportunities where you can just get involved as much or as little as you would like. Uh, I saw a couple of people just this morning who had just taken advantage of that opportunity and was serving in our guest services center for the first time, which I thought was great. But there's all these opportunities that are listed there, and you can go online at any time and check a couple of boxes of things that you're interested in, and someone will follow up with you in just a few days uh, and be able to help ease you into whatever it is that you'd like, whatever areas you would like to try to serve. Right now at Grace, there are a few people who are being tapped on it just in these last few days to serve in leadership positions at Grace Community Church in the coming year. There are some people that we. There are some positions that we need to fill in key areas of leadership, including our body of elders, and it's really important that we discern God's will clearly on this. And I ask that you would pray with us as we pray, as we prayerfully approach some people and ask them to serve in these positions. I pray that you would not only pray for them, that they would hear God's will and know if this is God's will for them or not, but at the same time that in that process, they would be able to figure out how they can juggle and readjust their own lives so that they can give their gifts to the church so that we will all benefit from them. Which leads to the other half of what I wanted to share with you this morning. Healthy, growing churches are filled with people choosing to use their gifts to their full potential, not holding back. Let's look at verse 32. It says, Then Judas and Silas, both being prophets, spoke at length to the believers, encouraging and strengthening their faith. They stayed for a while, and then the believers sent them back to the church in Jerusalem with a blessing of peace. Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch. There, They and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord there. We see here that Judas and Silas stepped up to this opportunity, and they really used their gifts. Now, these two guys... I don't know what they did for a living. Maybe maybe they had a a shop in town, and they they could have easily said to to Peter and James in this moment, you know what, we really thank you for the opportunity, but we're really busy. We've got this shop to run in town, and our kids are involved in harp and ram's horn lessons four days a week. And we we would love to be able to serve, but we just don't have the time. Maybe you should pick someone else who has more time. But instead, they laid aside their commitments and they said yes. They embraced the opportunity that they believed God had given them, and they used that opportunity to their fullest potential without holding back. Now, these two guys, they could have shown up at Antioch and said, okay, everybody, here's the deal. Listen up. Circumcision, don't worry about it. You want to know more? Read this letter that Peter and James wrote. See ya. We got to go. We got other things to take care of. And they could have just walked away. They could have done what they had to do and walked away, but they didn't do that. They stayed, and they used their gifts of communication to encourage and to strengthen the church. Guys, in Romans chapter 12, the Bible says that we are to offer up ourselves as living sacrifices to God in worship to Him. It says that we are to use our time and our talents and our treasures beyond what's easy or convenient in ways that are sacrificial, as as thanksgiving, as as worship to our God. In in verses 4 and 5, it says that we, as parts of God's body, we all need each other and we all belong to each other here. For instance, I and my time, my talents they belong to you. And and you and your talents and your gifts, they belong to me and to the rest of us here at Grace. So it says in Romans 12, if you have a gift of leadership, use it. Give it to the rest of the body so that Christ's work can be advanced. And if you have the ability to give financially, it says in Romans 12, then give generously. You know, I think sometimes we underestimate the importance of what we really have to offer each other here. It's easy in a busy world to hold back and to think, you know what, I'm sure someone else can do it. Someone else has more time than I do, I'm sure of it. Maybe I'll step up and do something later. We have the capacity to sacrificially give financially as well, but there's this temptation to just God tip. To just give God a little bit extra off the top that's left over. Rather than predeciding to give sacrificially in a way that God directs. Deuteronomy 26 talks about this. Deuteronomy 26 explains how instead we are to give our first fruits back to God. To to predecide, I'm giving this much to God's work here every month. Not just when it's easy or convenient for me to do so. But, but every month because... That's my sacrifice. That's my offering of thanksgiving back to God. The Bible talks about predeciding on a percentage of our income that we give back to God as an offering. You know, I'm not, let me just say, I'm not here to be a, a salesman trying to talk you into giving. What I'm asking of you this morning is that you would pray and that you would ask God what He is asking of you when it comes to to giving of your time, your talents, and even your treasures back to God. And just do whatever it is that God lays on your heart to do, because that is what He wants of you. Around this time every year, we give you an opportunity to pre-decide with God how you might give to grace in the coming year. And in your program today, you'll notice that there's this little flyer that's called Gratefully Giving in 2017. I just I, We stuck that in your, your program today to encourage you to take it home, to, to read it, pray about it, and to see what God leads you to as far as a, a gift that you might th- decide to give or gifts that you might decide to give to Grace in 2017. Inside that flyer it talks about how the, all the different ways that your giving this past year has been used to advance God's work in our community, in our world. And it also talks about you know, how you can next week tear off this little pledge card if you want and just write down what you, what you think God is asking of you to give back in the coming year. Now, I'm just going to say to you, that card doesn't have any weight to it. <laughs> it's not like somebody's going to check in on you later. It's like, oh, you said you were going to give this. It's simply a tool that we want to put in your hands to encourage you to have the conversation with God and to see how God leads you and uh, you'll also notice on that pledge card th- this year we mar- had this little check box that says if you'd like to have more information about scheduling your giving with us we, we would love to be able to help you with that right and you, I haven't ever talked about this before at Grace but fifteen percent of the giving that comes into Grace does not come in on a Sunday morning in an offering plate it comes in as scheduled gifts as people arrange these things with their bank or here with the financial team at Grace and a certain amount is given every month or every week or Every quarter. And that, that helps people at grace because it means I don't have to think about it anymore. It's just taken care of consistently every week. And it helps grace as well because there it seems like every summer we kind of go through this slump in our finances because people are on vacation and they just forget about giving. And scheduled giving helps with that. So if you'd like to consider it's part of your commitment to grace to consider just scheduling whatever it is you plan to give, that would be a blessing. And would be a help. We'd love to have help you to do that. And if you mark that box, we'll have someone follow up with you to help you with that. All that is to say this morning, when we all play a part here at Grace, when we give sacrificially of our time and our talents and our treasures to God, what we see here at the end of this story is that there's joy. When we, when we offer these things to God and when we offer these things to God, by offering them to our community, they're not, it's not like we regret it later. It's not like, we're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have taken that time. What we find is that it brings joy to our lives and it brings joy to the lives of all those who are around us. Look at verse 30. It says, The messengers were at once, went at once to Antioch where they called a general meeting of the believers and delivered the letter. And there was great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. See, as as these two men stood up and they used their gifts to their full potential, everyone around them was filled with joy. When you and I here at Grace, when you and I are, are focused on the mission here to help people take one step closer to Jesus, when we are unified together and when we remove any stumbling blocks that get in people's paths, in in their spiritual journeys. When we all play a part together in serving together to make a kingdom difference in our community and in our world, there's joy. God uses our sacrifices to literally change lives. I'll close by sharing with you just one story here from G-City Weekend this past weekend. Uh, It was a pastor that I met who... uh, we partnered with in Tucson. His name was Pastor Amos. He now has this thriving and exciting ministry to the homeless in Tucson. And it all started several months ago as he and his very small Korean congregation in Tucson decided to be a loving church to the homeless community. And now others in the body of Christ, including us at Grace, have also started playing a part in that. Take a look at this story.
1: It's over a year ago now. It's in October. And uh, I happened to catch, it was just a uh, short article, but about this Pastor Amos. And it was this Korean individual that uh, he spent a day with that was going to the parks and and taking care of the homeless. He's
2: our senior pastor, Amos, and my name is Rebecca. Every day he goes out, and sometimes I go out, but most of the times, almost every day he goes out. Uh, to the three different areas in the town, the parks, and downtown, and feed the homeless. And the more important thing is that He gives the Word of God every day. First time, uh, God told me, you have to go, go out and feed my lost sheep. Yes, I I didn't recognize about homeless in the Tucson area. When I was outside first time, so scared just i i just hand over to them the donut and coffee that's it no i didn't even say anything even i couldn't say any god bless you uh, also at that moment i couldn't speak well English i couldn't pray i just hand over donut coffee at
1: night we hand over to cheeseburger his concern for these homeless but and and being able and and the idea with the morning thing is strictly a vehicle to allow him access to them that they can trust him and 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 his desire is okay through the the church and the bible study is restoration spiritual restoration for them
2: this year they got all on uh, Mother's Day? Yes, Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day. Little after the Mother's Day, the family got re- reunited. Oh, wow. He got reunited with his wife, too. Yeah.
0: Was so I A lot
2: of people who just come to the Bible study, you know, they cry whenever I say, this, You're part of this family. You know, you're my brother, you're my sister. Don't think that you're visiting here, but this is your church and this is your family. And just guys that just starts crying because you know, they're out there alone lonely. And no one's talked to, you know who, they need to share their story
1: with someone. Every month, Pastor Amos, Rebecca, and 10 other members of the Korean congregation supply the homeless of Tucson with over a thousand dollars of coffee, creamer, donuts, and dinners that they feed them six days a week. When they find people in helpless and homeless situations, They build them up and then set them free to serve right along beside them. But Rebecca and Rod both know there's something else that goes on too.
2: And God changed me so much uh, throughout the four years. Mm -hmm. Not just outside, inside. A lot of people told me that, you know, you look so peaceful, you look so happy. It's not me. I learned so much through... Is serving the people in, on the street. I ask questions. God, why you care about this? What do you have in them that I do not see? I ask that question a lot, and just like a amos I never associated with them before. I had a fear to go near them, at, you know, at the beginning. But as I get to know them, they are no different from
1: us. I think. It's what struck me is I'm inspired to help him and his family and those people because of what they're sacrificing, because of what God has put a passion on for the homeless for him to do. Mm-hmm. And so, it, uh, again, I don't want to put something different in this, but my passion is not really for the homeless. It, it, I, I mean, I, I, to help them and such, but my passion is just being able to help somebody that has such a heart uh, for these people. And, uh, and, and because I, I, I certainly, you know, I can assist, I, but uh, I just if there's ways I can help and even if it's in, 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 in meager means, but uh, being able to be part of that is just it's something that struck. And I guess that's what struck me in this whole thing in reading because as I read it just what was going on. Something really touched my heart that God just says, you know, this, this, this is something this person is, is uh, pulling at your heartstrings as to what he's doing. And as I want to discover more, and and unfortunately, God, you know, opened that door that I was able to connect with him.
0: I was so glad to be able to be a part of that that opportunity myself this past weekend as we went down there and worshiped with them. And we at Grace fed them lunch that day. And one of the stories that was impacting to me was this one guy I met there. He was one of the seven people, seven homeless people who had been baptized there in just the last few days. And uh, this homeless gentleman hadn't talked to his family in years. And the day before he was to get baptized on that Saturday he called his sister in another part of the country and said hey I just want you to know I'm okay not only am I okay I've given my heart to Jesus and I'm getting baptized tomorrow and she jumped on a plane and she showed up at the church that next morning to watch him get baptized I am excited because this Christmas, this Christmas day we're gonna have services here at Christmas Eve 5 and 7 o'clock but instead of us having services here on Christmas day we're gonna have Christmas with them in Tucson at the Loving Church, and we're gonna we're gonna worship God alongside them, and we're gonna um, perhaps serve lunch to them. There'll be more details about that coming in the next few days. But if you'd like an opportunity during part of your Christmas afternoon to just get away from home and the, the mess that you leave the dirty dishes in the sink, and just go worship God with us there for a little bit of time, I, it will. Let me just tell you, it will bless you. It, it certainly blessed me. And let me just also say to you guys, you know what? I am, I am just really grateful for you. I have, in the 21 years of ministry that I have had in my life, pastoring, I have never been a part of a church that is so giving, that just sees the value in not just coming here and having a nice little holy huddle, but that we're a community that gives. We're a community that that doesn't just think about what we need for ourselves, but we think about how we can take what God's given us and give it away. And you guys are just, you're amazing at that. Thank you for that. May we always be a church that doesn't value what we have or how big we are, but instead values how much we can do and how much we can give away. As we all together give of ourselves and we play a part in God's work together here grace. That's why God's put us here. That's why God's brought us together. I mean, look around this room. Look at the people that you're sitting next to. This isn't random circumstance. This is God at work bringing us together, uniting us, binding us together and saying, okay, let's go touch this community. Let's go make a difference in our community and our world for Christ because it's worth it. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, I just want to thank you for this amazing group of people. It's such a privilege to serve here every Sunday. I don't deserve it. But I thank you for this opportunity that I have every single week to give, to be a part of this community here. Lord, I ask for your blessings upon us as we continue to be a church that's laser-focused on our mission, to help people take one step closer to Jesus. As we are united, arm in arm together, in doing what we do for you. And as we remove all those stumbling blocks that happen to get in people's way, that trip them up and cause them to stumble in their faith. Lord, help us to see those things and just eliminate them. Get them out of the way for people. And lastly, may we always be a church where every one of us, not just a few of us, but every one of us finds that place Here at Grace, where we're not only able to receive, but we're able to give. We're able to to give back of our time and our talents and our treasures so that your work here in this building and in this community and in our world can go forward. Lord, help us to all find those places where we're used to our fullest potential for you. Because one day, Lord, each and every one of us who follow you, who have given our lives to you. We want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. We want to know, Lord, when it's all said and done, that our value wasn't measured by how much we had in this earth, but by how much we gave away. Help us, Lord, in those moments when we tend to focus too much on ourselves and not on those who need us, who need you. And let me just also, as we're praying together to God, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and for whatever reason, uh, God somehow got you here today. Maybe, maybe you lost a bet with a family member over the Thanksgiving dinner table. Or, or maybe you're just here because a family member asked you to be here before you headed back to another part of the country. Or maybe you just showed up here at random because you just felt like, I need to be here today. And I just want to tell you that God brought you here for a reason. And if, if perhaps it's that you would take one step closer to God yourself today. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your heart and life to Christ, or if you did a long time ago and you've kind of laid that spiritual side of yourself down and you've kind of just done your own thing for a while, I want to encourage you today, what would it look like for you right now today to just commit or, or recommit your heart, your life back to God? To say, God, you've given me so much. I want to give back to you. And I want to start by giving you my heart. By giving, by surrendering my life to you. To do with as you will. We do that by faith. And I want to encourage you, if that's you today. And you're at that place where you just want to surrender your life to God. If you want to take that step closer to Christ today. Pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for bringing me here today. I want to thank you for your grace. That is bigger than any sin, any mistake I, could, I have committed or ever will commit. Lord, I thank you for your love that I, I just don't understand. That love that just covers everything that I've ever done. That has disappointed you and that has frustrated and discouraged me. Lord, I thank you for your son. Lord, I thank you that Christ went to a cross to die for us so that we could live. So that I could live and live life abundantly with you. That I could be in relationship with you. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of all the things in my past that have brought you pain. That, that all those sins in my past. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of those as I confess that you are my Savior and my Lord. And Lord, in this moment I commit my heart. In life to you, I ask that you would change me from the inside out and make me into the man or woman of God that you have called me to be. Lord, use me from this day forward to my fullest potential so that others can see you as I see you now. In Christ's name.